Welcome to the Breakout Growth Podcast, where Sean Ellis interviews leaders from the world's fastest growing companies to get to the heart of what's really driving their growth. And now, here's your host, Sean Ellis. Ethan Gar and I spoke with Philippe Ingelbrecht, co-founder and CEO of Tatari TV, as well as his client, Jamie Fontana, Senior Director of E-Commerce at Viore Clothing and Apparel. So this was a bit different from our usual format, but TV advertising is something that Ethan and I were exposed to early on in our careers, and we wanted to see what's changed and what might be valuable for teams looking for new channels to explore. So Ethan, what did you think? I think a lot's changed since our days together at Uproar.com, that's for sure. Tatar is really able to turn TV advertising into something that resembles digital advertising in a lot of ways. And way back then when you and I were at Uproar, we weren't directly involved in the TV campaigns, but I do remember our commercials being a huge gamble for the company. Between the creative and the ad buying, it was a multi-million dollar investment with really very very little visibility into value and ROI. And it seems like now that's all different. Yep. Um, after the money pit that we saw uh, TV advertising in, in the dot-com days, it wasn't just uproars, really. Everybody was just pouring money into that. I have to admit, I was a little bit skeptical about what, what TV can look like in an ad mix when you're really highly measurable and analytically and test-driven. But it's not surprising that, um, that the transition has taken place. I mean, you've seen a lot of people move into video and do really well with video. Advertising seems to be the next step, and that was something we, we discussed a lot uh, with in, in the conversation. So Viore in particular, I thought was interesting because it's one of my favorite brands. And as they looked at TV as something that they were really in, in the end of their testing cycle um, and, and really happy with the results, but they wanted to make sure that it really was highly measurable and easily um, optimized, and it seems to be working for them. So Tatari, that's that's one of the things they really focus on, that they are unlocking the data side of the TV equation. And I, I think for our audience, that can be game changing. Um, I, in, in particular, one of the things that I that I think is really interesting is that uh, Philippe comes from the digital world where he was uh, he had he had the app uh, Shazam, where it was about you know identifying audio. And so anyone who has been in an app-based business and then moves into TV advertising, to me, has a lot more credibility than someone who maybe has been purely on the uh, TV advertising side of things the whole time, and they're just trying to make a case for it. He, he actually is like tackling, I think, a really interesting challenge there. And, um, you know, and, and I think that really maps to the challenge that a lot of companies have in trying to find a profitable, scalable channel. You just need one really scalable, profitable channel. And if you can make TV work, that could be that channel for you. And the fact that they've gotten it to a point where with a budget of around $100,000, you can actually get that answer. That's that's super powerful. Yeah. I mean, $100,000 is real money, but it's a it's an amount that smaller businesses can really think about. I mean, it, the, what he was describing, it means that you can really level the playing field and smaller companies can seriously consider using TV to challenge established brands, which I think is pretty awesome. Yep. So we definitely want to tune in. And I, and I think if you have an open mind going into it, you're going to be surprised. But before we get started, I wanted to remind everyone that uh, this week, our team at Go Practice launched our free growth skills assessment test. And so I've been talking about this for a while. It used to be part of the paid course, but we're now making it available for free for anyone. And it makes it gives you the ability to really understand 
where your strengths are and where your weaknesses are around driving growth. And then that's really critical for filling in those weaknesses and, and building out the well-rounded skill set that's needed to be successful in a growth role. So you can check that out at gopractice.io slash SAT. And we actually are doing a product hunt uh, launch on Wednesday. Um, I think by the time this episode comes out, it will have already, it, um, we've, it'll probably come out on Thursday. So um, if you want to go give us some support on, on product hunt, um, that's great. But uh, more importantly, I think this is just a great way for you to, to build out your skill set. So, so again, check it out at gopractice.io slash SAT. SAT stands for skills assessment test. So Ethan, should we jump in? Yeah, I just wanted to say, though, that I, having taken the skills assessment test uh, recently, it is really a great way to kind of see where you where you got to, you know, tune up your skills. Um, I mean, I got it 100%, as you can expect, Sean, but <laughs> yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Even uh, I, I did not get 100%. So, yeah, yeah, I got a few areas to, to work on, but it, it, I think it's just a really great way for people to kind of see where they are and what they can improve. So, yeah, let's, let's jump into this episode. It was really fun. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. Hey, Philippe and Jamie. Uh, welcome to the Breakout Growth Podcast. Hi, guys. Hi. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you on. And of course, I'm joined by my co-host, Ethan. Welcome, Ethan. Hey, Sean. Hey, Philippe and Jamie. Yeah. So this obviously is going to be a bit of a departure from how we normally um, do these interviews. Normally, it's Ethan and I talking to one person. Now there's four of us today. So um, it just uh, bear with us if it's a little bit different, but I think I think it's going to be really great. So um, it would be great to start by having maybe each of you talk a bit about what your individual companies do, maybe a bit of your journey on, on how you got there. And, uh, and then we'll get into really the, the core topic of this podcast, which is growth. But maybe we'll start with you, Philippe. Um, you actually launched Shazam. And uh, if maybe you can start with kind of how you went from Shazam to Tatari and, uh, and how it all fits together. Yeah. So hi, everybody. Um, so my name is Philippe Ingelbrecht. Um, my accent is Belgian, so you don't, you don't wonder about this for the next hour. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm the, one of the founders and CEO of Tatari. So for those of you who don't know Tatari yet, uh, we're a data and analytics company uh, focused on the measurement and uh, buying of TV advertising. Um, obviously, that's both linear and streaming TV. And we talk more about that later, what it all means. Uh, but so it's kind of the one thing, and I like to say it's the one thing we do uh, really well. Um, uh, how I got to Tatari, uh, like like many things in life, like a direct personal experience. Uh, many years ago, I was running a company called TrueCar, uh, which is an automotive uh, information service. Um, and so as part of that journey at, at TrueCar, we eventually got into uh, TV advertising, uh, which is very scary, at least for me back then, right? Uh, it's, the, it's the old saying that uh, you know, half of the money is spent, which is not the problem, but it's that you don't know which half. And so, so lo and behold, that that, that ended up being true, uh, at least in uh, that initial uh, foray into TV advertising at TrueCar. Um, but it was when we had um, data science people take a look at the TV advertising campaign and going through the numbers that we figured out that actually TV advertising uh, can can be measured, can be optimized, um, uh, which led to Tatari. And I'll, I'll stop here because I'll suspect we'll get into more details later. Uh, um, yeah, that's it for me. 
but gives gives a great introduction to at least what uh, what your role is in it. So you your company is working with Jamie's company, which is yep. uh, Vuari. Am I pronouncing it correctly? I've been wearing yeah. the clothes for for a long time, but I don't think I've actually pronounced it. So yeah, so Vuari is the best way that okay. I can say to say it. Yeah, it's 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 a mouthful for sure. I've got to assume I'm not the first one who's <laughs> no, struggled with the pronunciation. Not. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, but I do love the clothes. Like I, I was saying before we got started here, my favorite article of clothing is Vuari a jacket I got for my birthday last September, and ever since then it's like I uh, I'm I'm constantly on the lookout for some from awesome stuff from you guys. Yeah, well, we love to hear it. I, um, uh, you know, Viore, if, if not everyone knows, Viore is a new perspective on performance apparel. Um, we design clothes that are built to move in and style for your everyday life. So really drawing inspiration from where the brand actually originated, which is here in coastal Southern California. Um, so people living dynamic, versatile lives. And I've been fortunate to be at Viore for two and a half years now. I'm our senior director of e-commerce, and um, I lead kind of all things e-commerce growth and user growth related for the full channel. But I work with, honestly, so many incredible people that really are contributing to that overall growth. Um, It's a very kind of collaborative role where you're working with digital and technology and product and customer service and brand. Um, And so within my team, we're actually working with Tatari on TV advertising and testing into that as a channel. And then prior to to Viore, I worked in another startup, uh, Stance, where I was um, working in performance marketing and then in e-commerce. And then prior to that, um, traditional CPG actually working at Frito-Lay doing uh, their kind of first uh, direct-to-consumer snack brand, um, which online grocery is very big now, but it was really just taking off then. And, um, and uh, the marketing associated with kind of the online grocery direct channel. So just really excited to be here today um, and really talk about TV because we've had such a great journey thus far with Philippe and the Tatari team. Awesome. Well, I'm also a big fan of Stance. My uh, sock drawer is full of them, and uh, <laughs> I probably would be a big brand of snack foods if I uh, <laughs> if I could eat them and not be a thousand pounds. So. <laughs> that is that is can, a challenge. Can I, yeah. can, I, can I ask can I ask Please? a question for Can I ask a question for Jamie as well? Or is yeah, it like of course. Out of yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know you're supposed <laughs> to ask the questions. There but are I, no rules. <laughs> since you asked about the pronunciation of the name, I would love to know the origin. Oh, it's Finnish for mountain. Ah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's kind of this idea of, you know, the, the, the rise, the shine, the climb of the mountain and the, the peak and the, um, the overall shine you get in the view from the, the pinnacle. And are the, are the, the founders like a Finnish background or? No, it's really just, you know, the <laughs> word and the representation of it, I think Funny. is really what, you know, drew, drew Joe, um, our CEO to, to the overall brand name. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I mean, it's yeah. kind of fun when it's when it's uh, when it's a little bit different and and uh, you know, again, like I, I I think it, you know, it all starts with quality and you have amazing um, clothing and quality. But uh, Ethan, <laughs> yeah, let me get come let on get, into the conversation. Yeah, let me get in there. So I, I'll tell the audience that my my accent is New Jersey. So I want to make sure I get that in there. Um, but often, often voted the sexiest accent in the United States, no, just, <laughs> just by you. But hey, Philippe, uh, years ago, Sean and I, we started our I started my career uh, at Uproar.com with Sean. And uh, the company invested in really costly TV campaigns. And you alluded this to this already, but we had like 
basically zero ability to measure ROI. We did like a pre and post survey basically to see if people had, get, had brand recognition. It sounds like things have come a long way since then. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what's changed and how Tatari helps companies like Vuari? Yeah. Oh gosh. And this like, it's a big question I can talk about for a long time. So I'm going to try to compact it. But I mean, obviously TV in general, not just TV advertising has changed a lot. Uh, and I don't need to tell you about it. You, you're experiencing it every day yourself, meaning, right, we watch less cable and broadcast or satellite TV and, and more streaming TV. And by the way, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a one-way ticket. You know what I mean? So we're not, we're not going to go back. You know, Obviously, cable and broadcast, as we know today, may simply not exist five years from today. Um, that's one. But I think in TV advertising, that has, uh, amongst other things, brought about some really, really positive changes, um, both for advertisers and, and, and I find viewers. Um, and, and look, if I had to bucket them, it would be around uh, measurement. It would be around buying, budgets, and possibly creative. So, so if, I, if I kind of were to elaborate on each of these points, um, uh, starting with measurement, look, the way in which we measure TV today or the way in which we can measure TV today uh, is it's way more accurate. It's way more timely. To give you an example, at Atari, if we measure TV, it's all on a next day basis, whereas in your experience, uh, Ethan, that was probably two weeks, right, before you got a report back. And it's also very granular. We, we can say which next work or publisher worked and what time of the day worked or didn't work. And so we can do all of that. It's all on the back of more data, better data, stronger methodologies, you name it. I, I, so look, the measurement is just, honestly, it's, it's, uh, it's a night and day. Um, the buying process is also very different. We, we've mostly removed the opaqueness in it, right? Uh, so it's very transparent. Uh, but, and, but if you can measure, then of course you can also buy in a very optimized manner, right? Um, uh, uh, concepts like bid optimizations, uh, even for cable TV, are, are definitely holding up today. Uh, and, and we do it in a, in a what I would let me broadly call it agile manner. Um, so I think we just look back a year ago when COVID-19 struck the country, uh, the media markets were in major turmoil and we had some of our clients like in Maiden Cookware kind of literally, I hate to use the word, taking advantage of this, really kind of leaning into the market, seeing what inventory was mispriced and, and, and scooping it up for literally pennies on the dollars. Uh, um, and, and so, so, so that's another way in which you kind of change the market. Uh, budgets as well. Uh, look, when I was a TV advertiser, the entry ticket was about $3 million, right? It was, I always say it used to be a big budget brand privilege, a Fortune 500 privilege. Uh, most companies who start TV advertising uh, with Tatari, um, yeah, they'll start with as little as $100,000. I know that's still a lot of money, but but that's actually not a lot that less big. than $3 million. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, right? Um, and look, and if TV advertising doesn't work for you, you haven't lost your shirt or the company, right? It's kind of like, that's what it is. And then the same with creatives. I mean, look, uh, gone are the days that you would shell out quarter million dollars for one commercial, right? Uh, I remember back in, in the True Car Day when we, we, we made that first commercial. You know, it was not only a lot of money, but it was also a lot of what I would say emotional capital, right? We couldn't, we couldn't agree on what the right creative was. And nowadays, for a few thousand dollars, you can make two or three creatives. You don't need to do focus groups. You don't need to do run service. You just run them for small dollars and let the market decide which one is the better performing one, right? And so my example there is, is calm. And I think many people listening uh, today, like uh, they, they, they may remember the, or they may have seen the 
calm commercial, right? Where mm-hmm. you just listen to 30 seconds of rain. I, I remember it coming on specifically during the debates and uh, when everyone is all on, <laughs> on pins that, and that, needles. Yeah. And they went public on this. That cost them a whopping $200. Go figure. Oh my gosh, right. that's crazy. So, so to, 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 to try to summarize it the way, what I always tell people is like, look, um, um, we've turned TV advertising into something that feels more like digital, less than TV, right? And in, in, in every aspect. Um, um, and so, so I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. Um, um, yeah, I'll give, I'll give a little bit of context on, on what Ethan had mentioned earlier. Um, interesting thing for us was that we, we were not actually part of the team that was managing the television advertising, but we were extremely aggressive on data driven online marketing. In fact, um, we were, I would say, would say that probably one of the most sophisticated agencies back then was a Quantive that ended up getting acquired by um, Microsoft. And we were really, um, I, I think most of them would agree that we were the biggest pain in the ass client that they had because I said, I don't want to test a $20,000 buy. I had a $200,000 monthly testing budget and I wanted them to spend that $500 at a time. And they, they did not want to have to go out and buy it. But if I could learn if something worked for 500, why would I spend 20,000? And I, I can learn that much more spreading it out. And um, so in the end, we were, we, we, I think they, they liked us a lot because we, we really pushed them and pushed their capabilities and that really ended up differentiating them and, and it helped us a lot as well. But you can imagine then 2000 comes along and all the, the numbers you're talking about, the, the budgets that it required to get into television, the, um, the, the, just the, the budgets on creating the ads, uh, I don't know what the numbers were, but I was I was just cringing um, anytime I, I got around those numbers because I knew we would have no feedback loop on how effectively it was, and um, and ultimately we ended up pulling the, the the plug on the television advertising. But um, yeah, very painful, expensive process. Yeah, Philippe mentioned quarter million dollars. My recollection it was we were well into the millions when uh, back then, but it was a long time. Just ago. just on the creatives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that was, and that was, I mean, it used to be the fortune 500. That was the big switch where all the dot coms, you know, just like suddenly unit economics, economics in general went out the window. And, um, but we, we had this, we had this team that had literally managed a customer acquisition cost down to the, down to the, um, lowest acquisition cost for any publicly traded company for a free registered user. We were averaging in, um, embedded widgets that that brought our, adverti- our our acquisition costs for an activated registered user to fifty cents. You know where um, the most of the others were in the hundreds of dollars for a, for a free registered user. And so you can imagine for for Ethan and I to be looking at those numbers on the uh, on the kind of brand advertising side, it was something that we we were cringing and uh, and anyway we survived it. We ultimately sold the company and and, and did fine with it, but. Um, but it takes me. So we've been in the client shoes, um, you know, on, on all of that. And so, Jamie, you obviously, uh, in looking at television, you've probably had a lot of the same concerns that we've had. You've been in performance marketing. Um, what What does the relationship look like between you guys? How did How did you How did you start working together? And and really, what what are the uh, what are sort of the goals of of how you work together? 
Yeah, absolutely. So you really um, hit on it when you said, you know, performance marketing and measurement and all those components, because those are so big for us. Um, but we're always looking to test, as I can, I would say. Um, and when we came across Tatari and the whole background that they had in data and analytics and measurement, that was just such a huge, you know, component for us that we we recognized that we, th- we thought we could be successful on television for the piece of storytelling. And we could tell our brand story, we could tell our product story. And um, it was a natural extension, just like Philippe mentioned, of what we were doing online. You know, we were seeing, we're seeing video, you know, work for us. And it's really great that um, we've been able to leverage some of the similar content uh, to what we have running on digital channels in, in television, in a sense. Um, so that's been a big piece for us. It was a natural extension. It was a great way to storytell. And then the fact that we can actually measure it was every performance marketer's dream. So you can you know, really understand that you're able to gain this awareness, this credibility that you get by going into TV, right? A, highly recognizable brands are in television. So it's a channel where you have that credibility component. But then there's also this other piece of like, you can make it a performance marketing channel because you have the data in almost, you know, near real time to actually tell you what you need to do to optimize um, without it taking months at a time to do so. So uh, that was really what drew us to Tatari uh, because that was their whole philosophy. Um, And so we've been working together for now about eight months, and it's been, you know, just a, a great success. And um, it's been exciting to really see TV as a performance marketing channel. So, so Jamie, you're doing this all through a pandemic. And, I, you know, I guess I, I really want to know, like, how has TV impacted growth during the pa- pandemic how, as a channel? Has it been a big part of your success through this? Yeah, you know, the last... 12 months um, at Viore have definitely been um, a lot of a lot of growth, a lot of um, exciting times. Uh, simp- one of the main reasons is honestly simply because, you know, there was a natural gravitation towards activewear, towards comfortable clothing in the last 12 months. And as a business, we were honestly fortunate enough to have that demand coming our way. So we had that, you know, in our favor. And then in addition, you know, we have great partners. We honestly are, you know, constantly looking to um, test and learn and pivot. And so that's been a huge theme for us, I'd say, in the past year. But then also, you know, from a TV perspective, TV has been a component of that because it embodies all of that testing, learning, pivoting, dynamic nature of the past year um, because we were able to test it actually in Q4 um, was when we launched and started to see some some metrics, you know, right out of our pilot and then ultimately optimize and, and scale. So um, it's a channel where, you know, you can have a little bit of pre-planning. You go into it, you know, when, when you want to start testing. So you have to make your concepts and you're creative. But um, TV has helped to contribute to that growth because it's an additional part of our user journey. And that whole user journey is ultimately, um, you know, a big lever in, in driving our overall channel growth. Mm-hmm. And is, is it a quick kind of what's the blend between sort of the brand goals with that? Because like you said, I mean, there's there's a lot of credibility in being in television versus that 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 trackable direct marketing component of it. How, how much do you weigh those? I mean, at, at the end of the day, you know, we 
are looking at TV as a performance marketing channel because we have the data at our fingertips. So it is very much so a a KPI-driven channel. Um, it's one of those where we're measuring, we're looking at user growth, we're looking at um, you know sales growth, but we're also saying, do you want to stay true to the brand? Because this is a place where you have you know customers like total undivided attention for fifteen or thirty seconds, and you're able to tell your story. So you want to make sure that like you're getting your brand awareness. So it's it's really like kind of like the growth pinnacle where you have brand awareness and performance marketing, user sales growth coming from one place. Um, and so for us, while we optimize towards you know sales and overall user growth, we're also th- recognizing that it is generating awareness. Can you tell us a little bit more about like the specific KPIs that you're using in the in that to measure? Yeah, absolutely. So Tatari has enabled us to be able to surface some of those KPIs. Um, some of them include, you know, who's coming to your website? How many people are coming when they see a spot? Um, how much does it cost to get them to the website? Um, how how many sales? How much engagement um, is coming to your site? And from there, you know, we're able to to understand the same similar metrics to what you can on a digital channel, uh, the costs associated, the efficiencies um, that it comes with it, and and ultimately use that to help us make decisions. So, so Phil, how how are you able to provide that kind of information? Yeah, a, a lot of data is the is the short answer. So, um, I'll give you one example, right? So, uh, traditionally and sadly, still with loads of kind of like you know the the older brands, they they will track and measure their TV campaign based on Nielsen data, which, by the way, is kind of a small panel of about forty thousand manually, literally, I say manually surveyed households that literally send a letter with two dollars in it and say if you I, I can show this to you and say you fill out these three questions i'll send you another three dollars cash back uh, and and so so we all know what that measurement uh, will look like and say this in the most respectful way so to juxtapose it right and as an example to your question uh we will not use that type of data but we will use um uh, data that comes, for example, from setter boxes. He has over 30 million households. We will use smart TV data, right? Uh, data from, for example, Vizio or LG data set, uh, TV sets, where we literally can see which households and the IP addresses that have been exposed to, in this case, the Viore ad, right? And of course, we can then, right? If you think about it, what, what I've just said is it's like I describe TV as an online medium, it's not offline anymore. And as soon as I say that, I change the paradigm, right? Because now I can start practicing uh, with credibility a digital type of measurement, right? And so, look, in the end, uh, we have a lot of data. We have a lot of what we would call first-party data, right? So, obviously, we're deeply integrated in this example with Viore, right? And so, across all of our clients, um, the Tari will ingest millions of data points on a daily basis, right? Uh, site visitors, conversions, uh, basket values, and um, just to echo what, what what Jamie says, then yeah, we can we can give kind of like a a, a direct response like outcome of the campaign. You know, what is your cost per visitor? Uh, we can give something more deeper down the funnel, right? A, a return on ad spend. Um, we can kind of give you an insight in terms of what was immediate, people who see the ad and just like in the old days, they dial the 1-800 number, right? They go to the Viore site and they buy something. But we can also say who saw the ad and then a week later when they go, you know, get ready in the morning, they're like, 
oh, what was that company of yours? Yeah, I'll go check them out. We can see that the late response. We can see that the whole way into helping people understand what's view true versus incremental. And this is a little bit more sophisticated, but the reality is such as that when people buy Viore, they've probably been, they've probably learned about Viore from multiple sources, not just TV. And by the way, not just Facebook, even word of mouth. Word of mouth is a form of marketing, right? And so we will actually help uh, people like Jamie understand, look, those people have been touched on TV by TV, but it was maybe not the only source. But this group of people, you know, without names, but kind of like a cohort, well, these people, they truly came because the only reason they came because they saw your TV ads. And if you had not run your ads, they would not have shop. And so so it's um, a lot of data. Um, um, and obviously, you know, clever methodologies, if I may say so. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it makes sense that with the Shazam background, the true car background, where you're, you're just from those digital experiences, I mean, it's a... It's a really it's a data business. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a really interesting kind of move into something like this. But I mean, if you take it from the tech perspective mm-hmm. of, you know, the founder's perspective of tackle big problems, like it is, it's a huge I, problem with all the money that's going into, into yeah. television advertising without that kind of attribution or, or really loose attribution. It's uh yeah. It's it's really cool that you've you've decided to tackle that. <laughs> I, I, I just only recently came to the conclusion myself. Oh my god, your your career is all about data. That, that's going to be part of my eulogy. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> data. Much as that, it's a data piece. Uh, but look, what what it does, and this is, I think this is the bigger uh, kind of picture for, um, for forget about the Tari, right? Just think about advertising or TV advertising in general. Is we create this what I call outcome marketing world, right? Where um, you run a campaign, you measure it blazing fast, obviously with great accuracy, and then at the same speed, you make adjustments. And, 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 and as long as it's kind of, let me say, ROI positive, even if it's only 1%, yep. you just do more. And it's yeah. kind of rinse, repeat, a, a circle. Printing of, money, essentially. It, it, it yeah. is. It's a, it's a positive circle of kind of, you know, or of, of virtuous circle of positive results. And, and that's really, I always say, that is the industry that we take part of. Um, and, and that is the new standard for any brand in any channel to aspire for. Yeah. So one one thing, sorry, Ethan, I'll let you, you and Jamie back in here in a second. I'm just, I'm, I'm geeking out on this a bit. My, um, I, uh, yeah, I just got done building a house and, um, it was really an interesting process when it came time to install the TVs and, and hook up cable and all these things that my contractor was, uh, was like, no, you, you have to get cable or satellite and, um, I'll, I'll mount the TVs for you. It's like, yeah, that's good. I don't want to mount TVs. You go, you go ahead and do that. And then he's like, okay, the TVs are mounted, but you got to get them like hooked up. It's like, no, I'm, I'm all done. I'm, I'm cord cutter it's uh it's i'm just doing youtube tv and but as you make that move it's just really interesting because you're like you can't do that like trying to talk me out of it as like some something that's not good about it but it it now for me really is a purely a purely digital experience and um and I, and again i think once once you have that digital experience now now it's really not that different from you know watching something on the computer and the tracking that can be there and so do you do you do you think we're still? You think there's still like as as the technology evolves that there's still a lot of room for improvement, or do you feel like what you've cracked to this point is is as good as it's going to get? 
Oh, I, I, I think we're in the first minute of a 24-hour day. Uh, that's the that's the massive opportunity. Like when two people talk about TV or TV advertising being dead, uh, that, that first of all, that is not true. The industry is 70, 75 billion dollars per year in the United States alone. Uh, it's not going down much. If anything, maybe slightly edging up. It's what happens inside. It's kind of the turmoil, the, the switch, right? And so, um, uh, look, um, we what's really interesting is, and data doesn't lie, right? Um, as much as we are probably all watching streaming TV, the data actually will suggest that the majority, the vast majority of that, easily 85% is still cable and broadcast. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's not me, right? But yeah, it, yeah. it's right. And, and, so, I, and again, the difference for me is that I'm now streaming broadcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, and then the, the, you can see the Venn diagram. Uh, <laughs> remarkably, actually, very little overlap. So that makes you kind of a little bit of an exception. Uh, and so uh, the opportunities uh, that come about as a as a young company, as a startup company, to help people understand both worlds, bridge between the two worlds, mm-hmm. making them holistic and one, is is something we love, right? Right. Um, uh, so. And, so, I, and, yeah. and I just and I just think just to reiterate one one more time though that I think I think there is something special about TV. I'm 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 pretty sure that at no point in my life if I stood in my kitchen humming uh, some something that I saw on the internet where you know like yeah. you, you see a TV commercial and you you can't get it out of your head because it is so immersive between sound and visual and there's there's, there's something yeah. special there. Yeah, yeah, and the kind of thing about radio, um, it's a lot of radio advertising as well, but. It, but it's it's mostly kind of like at the workplace or or when you're driving. It's not when you kind of you're busy with something else. Whereas TV, I mean, like guys like me watch the Super Bowl for the ads, not the right. games, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of the extreme example. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, definitely a more immersive experience. So Jamie, you know, uh, Philippe talked about the virtuous circle of positive results. Tell us about the positive results and the success and how that's contributing to Vuari's growth. Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, We started testing TV in October of last year, and um, one of the one of the things I'll focus on really is kind of like the creative optimization and and all of that success, honestly, because that to me is some of the most fascinating pieces of this. Um, And we went to the market with three different concepts, you know, product, brand um, concepts, all different. One of them was totally made for television. The other two were. Everything was made in-house by our creative team. So like Philippe said, it's not something that, you know, we're going out working with a massive production company. It's totally in-house. And we leveraged some content we already had that was already high quality enough, really great for the product. And then we went out and actually made a whole concept around television. And so we tested streaming, we tested linear, we were testing everything. Um, And like he mentioned, within a few weeks, we were getting data that we could actually um, see people coming to the site, how much does it cost to get them there, and being able to optimize and say, actually, next week, we're not going to, we're not going to run that. Um, this, one's, this is doing better. This is resonating better with this audience. And so those types of things were really dynamic and really possible. And so once we started doing that, within our first few weeks, we noticed like a 30% drop in our cost per visitor simply from optimization. And that's something that, you know, if you're a performance marketer, you're like, oh, great, perfect. I'm able to, the, what I'm seeing, what I'm learning is actually working in practice as I put it into place. And so these are the KPIs we're monitoring weekly um, in our 
calls with Tatari and amongst my team. And from that, from that pilot testing period until now, we've scaled it up and it's a channel for us. It's a you know integral part of our overall marketing mix. So I have to assume you were pretty skeptical or somewhat skeptical going into this in the beginning. Like how, how confident were you that this this would actually um, work the way that Philippe was would, and Philippe and his team were saying were saying it was work versus uh, I'm, I'm, I think it's a great question. I'm curious myself. <laughs> I am a very big uh, you know believer in data and analytics, and you can ask them. I have asked a million questions about yeah. this. So, so we you know going into it, you always are like, I just, I've got to see it. I've got to right, understand right. it. Right. How big is um, my risk to right. actually see if this is going to work? When am I going to see the numbers? Right. Um, so, so it was, you know, once we, once we were going in, it was like, okay, we're going to put, we're going to give ourselves all the options, right? We're going to, we're not going to put one bet on one type of creative. We're not going to put one, all of our eggs in one basket. Um, because I think, I'm a true believer in testing. You got to have that variety. And so going into it, um, that was the whole mindset. And I think, you know, we went out at honestly pretty positive because we've chatted with other brands that were seeing success as well. And so um, we had an optimistic view, but we wanted to see the data. And once we started to see that optimization, like I mentioned, that drop in our costs per visitor, things like that, you were like, okay. There's obviously a, t- a direct correlation in, um, between this and in performance that you see on your website. And so um, it was it was honestly a learning and it continues to be because it's it's such a coming from a digital background. It's such a new new channel. You're still learning about, you know, the programming space, everything that it comes with it. And um, that's like we bring the brand. We talk about the brand to the Tatari team. The Tatari team tells us about the market um, TV and the programming. And so um that piece has been, you know, real collaboration. Um, and it's, it's honestly something we learn about every day, but I'd say we were really happy that we were able to be optimistic and not have our, not have our, uh, dreams crushed a little bit, but we were, it was really great, great experience. Yeah. I mean, but the, the truth is sometimes the, the riskiest bets are the ones with the biggest upside. And, you know, I mean, if television can work, it's such a scalable medium to work within, if you can track an ROI and get a return and others aren't being as sophisticated, then, then you, you're going to probably find a lot more opportunities versus if you're doing paid search or something, pretty much everybody competing for that word is, is going to be pretty sophisticated in how they're deciding if they can afford that word or not. So I'm curious for, for both of you guys, is this, is this something that like Viore was sort of the perfect fit for the medium or is it something that, uh, that, that probably a lot of others could could benefit from television that aren't with with some of these new tracking opportunities that Tatari brings to the table. Either one of you could jump on that one. <laughs> I'll go first, and then yeah. I'll just pass it to Philippe because I'm sure he has <laughs> he has a definitely. Philippe, a, a I'm much, sure is going to yeah. say nobody else could benefit from this. It's a one off. But to start to start off, I would just say that honestly, you know, having having done this firsthand, I'd say if you're a brand that, you know, you have a, a brand story or a product story to tell and you're, you know, ultimately you know, trying to sell a product or a, or a service or whatever it might be to a consumer, um, TV and streaming are really helpful in my perspective for everything through the marketing funnel. It does that dual purpose of brand awareness and performance. And 
also, it's one of those things where if you're seeing success on, you know, video on your digital channels, then it's probably makes sense to test TV. Um, and so that's to me an indicator of, you know, if you're going to see to see success on this channel. That's a great point. And so many people are seeing success in video these days that it shows the the potential of who who can make that next jump. And it's kind of a good double down on video success. So what do you think, Philippe? I, I Jamie Jamie articulated well. It true. It, it is it is for everybody, right? It's it's time to kind of like throw away the aura that TV has, and and you just got to look at it at, at like like any other marketing channel, which you ought to at least try. And so, um, and so if I if I actually look at Tatari and kind of the client portfolio. Um, in that we have all industries, right? We'll have a company like Dave.com and FinTech, or we'll have a company like Raw Health and Healthcare. And, 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 and of course, there's, there's Fiori, right? And, and apparel. Uh, we have all industries. And more importantly, we have all stages. We have companies that are, you know, like a will and trust, which is a very new kind of series A, maybe series B. I hope I got that right. Uh, startup company. And, and at the other end of the spectrum, we have certain product lines within the CPG companies, right? Or, or a Fiverr who runs a Super Bowl ad publicly traded. And so truly TV is for everybody. Um, I, I like what Jamie said about, you know, you kind of see what you get in digital video. Another good telltale for us that we kind of anecdotally observed is actually your Facebook or social media spent. Uh, if you think it true, right, uh, Facebook and Instagram ads, and they're, they're actually very similar to TV ads in the yeah. sense that they are demand generating. Right. They educate people about the product that they didn't realize was out it's there. It's not, right? not a high intent customer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not like search, right? Which is yeah. kind of like demand harvesting. Right. And so typically, and again, like I would almost say, don't quote me on that, but I'm going to say it myself now, right? But, but typically when we see a company spending around 200000 a month, it's a telltale that there's a good chance you can acquire new customers at the same possibly lower marginal cost. And I use the word marginal very deliberately, right? It's kind of that incremental price you pay for getting one additional customer, right? No, it's not an average. Um, uh, and on top of that, and this is what Jamie said so well, is that you, you get you get all the performance and then you get all the brand and the halo and the the immersive experience. So TV is for everybody. Uh, I'll, I'll come back to what I said in the very beginning. It's no longer that Fortune 500 privilege. TV advertising is uh, getting democratized. And we're just going to go beyond here. I have this vision or dream where every small company, every mom and pop store, every SMB in the United States will take out a TV ad in the next five years um, just like they buy Google AdWords or Facebook ads, but they can do so they can, because they can do it in small doses, right? On the back of streaming TV, they can measure, they can react to it. I think this is come, yeah, great, great times ahead. Great yeah. times ahead. And so you mentioned earlier about kind of the small budgets on both the production side and, and the actual media testing side that, that somebody could get getting started. What can you kind of reiterate? Like what's the, what do you think is kind of the smallest amount that, to know if that medium can work for you that you could like, you know, obviously somebody went in with $50, then they're, they're, they're not going to know if that medium works, but they're not going to know if Facebook works either. So um, is what sort of a realistic number to go into it to where you actually give it a, um, a, a reasonable amount of testing to, to, to let you know if that's a channel that you can double down and scale to the potentially millions of dollars if it, if it works. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, um, we as a company set forth about, we will say is about $75,000 to $100,000. And, and, and the, the way we got to this number is kind of like twofold. One, we want to make sure at the end of the journey, we have some statistical significance. The worst outcome on a test or a pilot is like, well, we're not sure ourselves. And then, of course, you know, everybody's looking at it, like, thanks, you know. Uh, the, the second piece is also uh, a pilot is not kind of a, a, a one-trick pony, right? You, you kind of want to do a few different things so you can, you know, uh, compare and rank and, and, and decide from there. And so, right, so you... If you're going to do uh, streaming TV, maybe you want to test a few different publishers, not just Tubi TV, but right, Roku, Tubi, you're going to do a few and then see, hey, one of the of those five, two were mediocre, three were actually solid, let's build, right? So the, anyway, long, long answer to a simple question, um, that's kind of like the, uh, the, the starter kit TV budget, I would say. So with that, Philippe, I, I wanted to go back to something that Jamie said. She talked about really the intentionality in their initial run with three different types of, of creative to go out with. How important is the creative mix in this process? And like, how do you coach your, your clients so that, I mean, it, it's, you know, garbage in, garbage out. How do you make sure that the creative side of it is, is upholding its side of the bargain? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we don't do creative production, right? We don't have directors and actors and whatever it is. And so, um, um, but, but what we do have, unlike the production companies are feedback loops, feedback loops, right? Where I have to create us, which one does, does better or not so well. And so I can tell you right now, the, uh, a, a great creative will outperform a good creative with a factor two to three X. And this is not an exaggeration. Um, we can show with data that if you put uh, 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 a URL kind of like watermarked into your creative, not 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 too big, but just quietly in there, that can drive, and I've got the exact number, stuff like a 20 to 30% improvement. Those are big numbers on, let's say, a million dollar per month budget. And so, so we, yeah, we will just chase our clients to continuously try to dethrone the winning creative. That's funny because... Right? That's essentially how I started my career with Sean is uh, he, I, I was literally testing ad banners uh, against our, our, our default set every week. And uh, I see him smiling because he knows that we have to, we can't not talk about the pull my finger ad that outperformed the whole internet. I, I was actually <laughs> laughing at your title at the time. <laughs> His title was concept strategist. <laughs> it, 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 it was the, it was, it was the com boom. There was a lot of craziness yeah. going on. <laughs> but, um, but in all seriousness, I mean, I think even back then the challenge was to keep the creative fresh and new. Um, but with TV, it's, it's certainly a, a, heavy, a heavier lift because it, it's, I think it's just harder to, to build that creative quickly, but it sounds like, it sounds like that's changing. Yeah. yeah yes, I know. Surely the, the first, your first creative or set of creatives, you know, it may feel expensive, you know, even if it's come down from a quarter million to, let's say $50,000, that's still a lot of money. Uh, the good news is twofold. One, these big concepts they actually tend to last for a long time. We have companies, look at Calm again, or uh, uh, companies like Rotis, you know, creatives from two years ago are actually still fantastic creatives today. So you don't, unlike, let's say, Facebook, you don't have to refresh them that much. The other second positive that I was going to mention is that the small changes can make big differences. Like for Viore, having its internal team, that's a gift from God, right? Because the, the ability to make a little tweak, measure, but I don't know, $10,000, it's fantastic. And so, 
look, you're never done. There is there is no winning strategy, but to keep pushing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting to just kind of play play back a, for a second on what Ethan uh, was talking about. Because banners were such an easy kind of creative to create, we literally created 20 per day and would push them at lunchtime, all go out to lunch as a team, make a bet on what would be be the order of performance. (laughs) And then everyone comes back from lunch and see who won. And what we learned was no one had any clue what was going to win. So you just you, you kind of could only figure it out through testing. <laughs> By the way, I, this is often how I challenge clients. Like if, if if like I'm always literally I'll still take bets. I'll be like, yeah. look, how about we put a hundred dollars on the table and we'll talk in two weeks. And the worst is that you can tell me I told you so, right? right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We joke, but like seriously, the uh, we Sean was pushing for these 20, 20 banner tests a day and. I was racking my brain as the concept strategist to come up with, with those ideas. <laughs> and one day I, I literally put my hand on a piece of paper and I started doodling around my finger and I just wrote, pull my finger. And we, and it was a joke. It was cause I couldn't come up with anything else. <laughs> and another guy who works with us came running in the room and he was like, pull my fingers out performing Homer, which was our other banner that we, had, we couldn't. And it was just, I mean, it was like, it had a little, it had a little sound icon. So people would like click it to see what, I mean, but we were, we were a fun and games kind of website. Yeah. So it was not like totally attracting the wrong audience. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, it was very funny, but it, but it, it, the pushing creative like that is, is really important. And I, I agree, like having an internal team like that uh, is really an important factor if you want to move quickly. And, and for, for what it's worth, ultimately, our, our big step change was when we, when we actually moved from the, the banner medium to saying, what's a better way to acquire these customers? What's a more immersive way to acquire these customers? And, and we, we ended up uh, launching a, an embeddable game that spread virally to tens of thousands of websites and and started the gameplay experience and drew them in. And that that's what pushed us to a top 10 website in the world. But, um, but I think it's a really good proxy to this. It's like, if video is working, how do you, how do you kind of think through why it's working and then think through how, how you extend into, into another medium and um, you know, in this, in this case, television. And um, it's, it's a, it's a really interesting path to, uh, to go down. And so I asked Jamie, I asked about kind of what are the other, um, maybe sectors that could do well. Um, but when, when you look at e-commerce in general, do you, do you feel like every e-commerce company should, should basically be testing this at this point or, um, I think, you know, if you have like the, the content and the ability to be nimble and interest in this type of performance marketing, then absolutely. It's a great thing to test, um, to figure out what works for you because, like Philippe said, everyone's different. Every, you know, every brand has a different feel to it. And so there isn't a, a perfect formula. Everyone has their own and, and can learn so much. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't see the harm for sure. As long as you just go into it and say, I'm going to give it the time that it needs to test it. I'm going to give it the space to learn about it and understand the KPIs. Um, then that's really setting you up for success. 
And the other way to look at it is you're not, you're not actually risking $200,000 or $75,000 if that's your kind of like testing budget going into it. You're risking the amount you lose on that $75,000. So maybe, maybe you get, you know, 66% back. So you actually only lost then $25,000. So it's, it's not, it's not quite you're risking the whole, the whole thing there. And the, to, to learn if there's this massively scalable channel. For twenty five thousand dollars, like I, I, I think even a fairly early stage startup probably probably would be wise to take that kind of a gamble occasionally. Um, but I, I, I mean, I guess I, another good follow on question to to that though is like, what what do you think is like what now that you have it there? What do you think is the most challenging part of kind of just managing that? You know, you, it's it's obviously on top of everything you were doing before this. There's 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 other parts to this. So what's how does how does it add complexity to your life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's complexity, but I think it's good complexity because it's what we want, right? Um, but honestly, it's the way I think about it is it's not a set it and forget it type channel. It's not like you figured it out, you're good, let it go. You know, it's it's you have to treat it just like you do every other digital marketing channel. You have to say, I'm watching this weekly. I can pre-plan a little bit based on what I know works, but I also have to be ready to see what's going on in the market. I mean, this past year is a great example of that, right? Like we have to be able to be nimble. We have to listen and look at performance. Um, So it does require headspace and still time and resourcing to dive into that data and make these decisions on a weekly basis. It's not, you know, something that you're looking at on a monthly basis if you're talking about, you know, more traditional print and things like that. Um, this is this is something that um, is exciting because you have that data, but that just means the time, you have to free that time up to make sure that you're ready to make those decisions and optimize accordingly, honestly. Awesome. So, I had actually teed this question up just for uh, Jamie, but I think since uh, we have a little bit of time, I'm going to ask you both this question. So um, we always like to ask, what's the one thing you feel you understand about growth now that maybe you didn't understand as well, you know, maybe a year ago or eight months ago in your case? (laughs) So Jamie, can we start with you? Yeah, it's kind of a similar theme to what I was just touching on. It's like, there's this a really important balance, I think, between being proactive and being reactive, right, with growth. And you can be proactive and you can pre-plan and you can to stay ahead of consumer trends and to stay ahead of, you know, the next best channel. I think that's important. That's really what what fuels you forward. Um, But you can't, you know, discredit the fact that there's always going to be a little bit of reactivity in everything that you're doing um, because, major shifts happen either in or out of your control. And, you know, I think TV is a great example of that. Um, we, we went into last year having the idea of, you know, eventually we want to test TV. It is a plan of something that we want to do. And then, you know, we started to see this demand last year and the, the brand momentum and overall recognize like, okay, if we can get this creative, we can do this. Um, and let's react, let's move quickly. And so getting in there and then moving quickly along the way, introducing new creative within a few months, things like that is like, is really what's going to contribute to, you know, growth at the end of the day. It's not being as organizers prepared as you possibly can. It's being able to be nimble and reactive, um, because sometimes it takes, you know, speed, um, and agility. Yeah. I, by the way, I think, 
Jamie hit the nail on the head. So just to really make sure that we get everybody confused, I'm going to give a slightly um, completely <laughs> opposite answer. Um, <laughs> she, but, she hit the nail on the head, but I'm going to give the opposite answer. Hmm. Can I say something uh, else? That was the most diplomatic. <laughs> no, but, but I think I, you, you got to be agile. But on the other hand, there's also, uh, and, and I'm actually, I just, I, w- I wish I could name the client, but, but, but it wouldn't be fair, but I literally on Monday I had a conversation with somebody who just got onto TV and, and there were say $30,000 in and, and, and look, it wasn't, it wasn't a hot start. Just let's be honest about it. It's just kind of like, you know, no, no great, you know, like, you know, separating signals. The average was kind of like out of the targets in terms of hack and things like that. And it's just like, you know, the alarm bells went off. And I get yeah. it, you know, it's like, you know, because of course it's TV and because it's TV, the CEO and the board and everybody yeah. is looking at it. If it had been an AdWords campaign, nobody would have bought it. Right, right. right. Okay. <laughs> so panic. And and so literally the call went like this and it's like, okay, we get it. We, we were deeply sympathetic, but hold steady. See it through, right? You, 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 I want you to see through the, to the full 100,000 in this case it was. And, 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 and allow us to work it. It's like flying a plane or sailing a boat. If you sail a boat, if the wind shifts a little bit direct, you're not going to be turning on the wheel or the, you know, or the tiller. You're, you're on a certain course. And, and sometimes it's do not, do not react to the micro movements, right? Which is, the, which is very opposite to being agile. I, I, I realize that, right? Uh, do not react to it. Um, um, give it a chance. Uh, and, and by the way, this again, this has nothing to do with the target. This has nothing to do with TV advertising. I think in general. Yeah. Just so one one thing between the telltale references and uh, the sailing references, <laughs> Ethan and I spend at least an hour a day talking sailing. So it's kind of, oh, kind of funny right. that you, <laughs> you mentioned those things. Yeah, actually, you really got this, yeah, right? Yeah, I actually just signed up for Transpac 2023. So I will be Damn. on a boat sailing to Hawaii in a couple wow. of years. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, you can't see me now, but I'm bowing, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was just, and, and Ethan's a hundred times better sailor than I am. So <laughs> I was just is. happy to get my boat in the water because we have seasons here on the east coast but uh but yeah, yeah, yeah i mean once he mentioned sailing sean you know that like now that's the only that's the the answer that we're gonna sorry jamie but we forgot your answer <laughs> i understand i understand <laughs> he knew what to say i got it <laughs> no but that i think both of those are really um insightful answers for our audience and i think it's you know that it's kind of i think the 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 similar point in both of those is that there is no one right answer, um, but at the same time, you do have to take the time to, to see things out and you have to have to listen. You can be reactive to a point, but if you're overreactive, you're going to miss out on great opportunities too. Yeah. So my big takeaway, I think it relates to both of these as well. Um, essentially, well, more, more to what Jamie said, the... Um, yeah, I, I think that kind of speed and agility is super important and where you get the step changes is not always in an optimization in an existing channel. It, it really is when you, when you can get a new channel working, an entirely new channel, but where your best chances are, are emerging channels. And I know it's weird to think of TV as an emerging channel, but I think it, it is an emerging channel as a, as a trackable kind of direct marketing channel. There's a lot of dollars that wouldn't touch TV because they don't think of it that way. And so if you can get into TV 
before a lot of others and figure it out. And then the other thing that Philippe had said is, you know, we're just, we're, we're day one in a, in, in, you know, very early stage as more and more shifts to, um, digital TV that, you know, seemed like that was going to happen 20 years ago, that it was going to be all about ITV and all this like web TV. But the, but the truth is that like, we're, we're finally to the point now where so many people have Netflix and other things that it's not just, it's not a stretch to kind of think, why would I not also be cutting the cord? And especially if I can, if I can watch everything streamed on TV anyway. And I think as you move in that direction with smart TVs, it's get, this is going to get better and better and more and more trackable. And the fact that you can already test and optimize and, and really know the results that you're driving, you have to be, you have to be really sophisticated to do that today. But it, it, it it essentially means that you're going to probably be able to, to get some pretty big margins because there's not a lot of dollars that are going into that medium in that way. And so that to me is probably my biggest takeaway from this conversation is that, um, I, I, to be honest, I, I would have been very much in the skeptical, uh, area that I had, uh, kind of asked you about Jamie, like how skeptical were you going in there? I, I don't I probably would have had even, a bit more skepticism than that, but like, yeah, I mean, maybe it'll work, but come on, you know, I mean, maybe just because I've, I, uh, I had that earlier experience where I felt a company had thrown millions of dollars, um, where, where it was really hard to define how that could be uh, a measurable success. So, um, but I, I do, I have a lot more confidence that this is a good channel and I think a lot of people should be, should be considering it. I just want to add one other thing to that, Sean. Uh, I think going back to something Jamie said, uh, she said, if you have a brand story to tell, you know, TV and streaming comes valuable throughout the whole funnel. It's kind of an interesting yeah. shift, right? I mean, a, when we were doing TV back then, it was going to build our brand. That was the, the sell. Now, mm-hmm. because of digital op- the digital optimization side that Phil- Philippe is, is able to provide, the brand is actually an extra benefit on top of the direct marketing piece. It's really, yeah. it's an interesting, it's, it's a whole paradigm shift. And I think it's really interesting. So I've really enjoyed this conversation with you guys. Yeah. I feel, I feel like we could go on for, for quite a while, quite a while still, but I'm sure you guys have uh, things to do. We're on a Friday here on the, on the recording. So uh, uh, at the very least, if you're not packed with work, then maybe you want to get started with a weekend. Um, that's, that's kind of my situation, but um, <laughs> But uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time and sharing um, what you're doing with Viore and Tatari. And um, amazingly, those two num- names even go together pretty well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, have, have a great weekend and, and thank you so much. And for everyone tuning in, thanks for listening. Thanks. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Breakout Growth Podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, subscribe so you never miss a show. Until next week.